Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, and Corey Friedman as we get ready to talk about a 7-1 to Cubs win over the Cardinals. The series is split. The Redbirds were red hot coming into this. This is our playoff series, Cody. This is it. Like game five coming up tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I was tweeting a picture of us. Um, yeah, no, I don't know about you guys, but I think I'm at the end of the year, I might be able to rank this night as one of the best games of the year. Top five, I want to say right now, I'd have to go through and make sure, but I know as far as during this stretch of games that the Cubs have been playing, this was the best game of the that stretch. And there's been a lot of good baseball of late. So for me to say that, I think says something. So, yeah, no, it's just it's 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 it, it, tonight was fun. What what made it so special for you? I mean, obviously we'll get to the Pat Hughes stuff, but like game wise, was it Farrell shoving the Cardinals? <laughs> well, first off, I didn't even have any expectations for Farrell. I was hoping that he'd be able to go through the lineup once at least, and then he ended up going twice, uh, and then he gives up a homer, and then they take him out. I think at the I think it was it was Lars Newbar he let off tonight, so the third time through. Um, so I thought because of him, you know, obviously Pat Hughes, but also Pat Hughes gets told that he's going to be in the Cubs hall of fame. And then like minutes within minutes, Nolan Arenado goes on a freaking tantrum. And, uh, I will, you know, as a fair man, I'm a fair and balanced man. I've never been biased on this podcast ever before ever. Right. Right. <laughs> and I will say that he brought that that he had a good reason to complain there. So but anyway, it was still great. All things considered what happened that time span. And then the Cubs offense came alive, like in the middle to late innings, like Zach McKinstry hitting the homer. Uh, Nico is back in terms of his offense. Three hits tonight. Like they just had all kinds of good things going tonight. Uh, freaking Sandberg uh, sung the stretch like. 
I wish I would have been at the game and not here. I could have gone to the game and just like, you know, just raced home as fast as possible. But yeah, no, I just think you got a little bit of everything tonight. But just I think Pat Hughes being named to the Cubs Hall of Fame was really the the big thing that kind of made it even better. And uh, yeah, no, it's it was just nice to really beat beat up on the Cardinals, too, because they've been hot and. You know, they had their guy. Michaelis isn't no slouch. Like, he's a good pitcher, and we we put up five runs on him. So, uh, you know, I uh, it's it's nice. It's just nice to be able to have these moments in a season like this. It was a good game. It was, you know, McKinstry made it fun with the home run. I agree. And, <clears throat> I, you know, in a little bit, we're going to tie that second. We're going to talk about Pat Hughes, which is one of the reasons I said, Corey, you got to jump on because <laughs> – I wanted to do a wellness check. I knew he was had been weeping throughout the evening. His love, he has two people, John Lester, Pat Hughes. He waxes poetic about both guys. Uh, so I want to give him a chance to do that. Uh, yeah, Nico three hits was nice to see. How about how about Brandon Hughes again? Oh, yeah. Huh? Lighter junior. Three guys, also. three strikeouts. Yeah. Sit down. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, uh, the entire bullpen, actually. Really. Better outing from Yeah, Wick, really. Lighter was good. Struggling. Yeah. And uh, who who closed it? Who closed the game out? I forgot. I already forgot who pitched the ninth Castro. inning. Castro. Oh, Castro. Yeah, Kerwin Castro. Like, yeah. I mean, the bullpen was great. I mean, obviously, only got one run for the entire game, but I just was not expecting this performance with Luke Farrell starting the game, guys. Just, I did not expect this at all. Not at all. <laughs> well, they did coming off well of a double header day too. too. Right. Go ahead, Corey. What'd you say? Just coming off of a doubleheader day, too. You know, they had a lot of, I know Ryan, our guy Ryan Herrera tweeted out probably like his longest roster news tweet of the year. I mean, there was like eight bullet points in that one. And, you know, it included Hendricks, guys coming up, guys coming down. <clears throat> so I think for this team to, as Cody said, play this well after a doubleheader yesterday, you know, you get clobbered in one of those games um, and to go up against Michaelis who had been doing really well, you know, again, like they're in a good stretch of baseball, like, and they have a chance, uh, you know, somehow to keep this, this series streak going uh, with the game tomorrow. So it's, it's, you know, for all, for the ups and downs of this season, and there have been some real lows, this last like few week stretch is, is definitely a, a positive one. Yeah, I mean, the countdown to uh, 63, as we like to call it, is now below 10, Cody. We're getting closer and closer to the magic number. I'm telling you, we're going to start saying the march to 70 soon. I don't want to get too far ahead. but Well, Jack already has. It's 15 games to 69. Nice, nice. All right. 15 to 69, 16 to 70. Might as well just go there. Maybe it's because the vibes are just... We're vibing. You're tweeting pictures of dudes with their shirt off at the ballpark. Like, How about that guy? <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's not that hot outside. Yeah. He was it, getting it all was, heated it, at the it, ballpark. It, yeah. That had to have been like perfect, like perfect weather there tonight, considering <laughs> how it felt like when I was outside today. So, now, I mean, the game was cool. It was fun that it was the Cardinals. You know, it's, it's fun that they're competitive against the Cardinals in this series. But the Pat Hughes thing caught me off guard because – when they started doing the weird toss from Marquee <laughs> yeah. to the radio booth, I was like, what? what? I don't understand. Like, why wouldn't Crane Kenny just do the interview on both? Like, I, I sent our chat. I'm like, well, this is strange. Like, wh- what's going on here? Why wouldn't he just do the radio interview and then go do the TV interview? 
Like, how big could this inter- – so then I started you- thinking, like, <laughs> what is he going to announce? And then it was kind of, like, a little bit awkward. Like, Pat was talking, but almost as if he didn't know what Crane was going to talk about. And then Crane kind of jumped in and was like, well, Pat, you know, I want to talk about <laughs> – Finally, they get around to it, and it, it was it was kind of a fun moment. I thought it was. Um, you texted me and Ryan in the group chat and was like, "What is this? What yeah, like, like this what are they weird. doing? Like, this is bad. Doing? What are they doing? Why would they simulcast Crane Kenny in the broadcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't do. We started both? to see some tweets about that too, where it was like, "Oh, great, we get to hear from Crane Kenny." You know, like yeah. just what everybody wanted, right? Yeah, exactly. Like to talk about like renovations right yeah something and it's like oh cool (laughs) feed us more of your bullshit crane thanks (laughs) Matthew says then somebody pointed to the paper and i was like that to to tell him what he had to announce (laughs) okay Uh, it was it was a it was a nice moment i i was suspect at first by the end i would i bought into it uh pat was clearly emotional about about all of it uh, so Jose Cardinal and Pat Hughes going to the Cubs Hall of Fame. Buck O'Neill, um, I guess the Cubs Hall of Fame, they automatically put him in if, because he's going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, these were the two, Cardinal and Pat Hughes were the two that were voted on by a committee, some media members um, and also some former Cubs players. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And I saw the Eddie Vetter video was kind of neat that he's the one that broke the news to Jose Cardinal. So I I would assume wherever that ceremony, whenever that ceremony happens, I would assume Eddie Vedder is going to be there. Well, I think on the Twitter graphic, the Cubs put up that they're going to be doing it in September. So it'll be soon. Oh, wow. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I can't wait to hear them speak uh, as in Pat and, and Jose. Um, More so Pat, because, you know, I, I grew up with him, but uh yeah it's just very cool and they still got one more guy that i absolutely need in it but i'll take pat hughes tonight Corey, are you going to be there for the ceremony and will you be wearing a tuxedo if <laughs> hey if they let people in i'm gonna get my nicest uh old school sweater you know some trousers <laughs> great if everybody wore his sweater it will do be in pat. september so you get that fall brisk breeze probably yeah do pat proud but you know and on eddie vetter too like i've been to a bunch of those concerts uh for pearl jam at wrigley field and you know that was another cool moment because eddie has talked a lot he always brings it up in those concerts yeah. how much he loved jose cardinal um and i think he had you know, his mitt or his, you know, baseball cards and and things like that growing up. Um, So he's talked a lot about that. So it was cool that they allowed him to do that. And, you know, he was kind of, he seemed a little emotional too. He was like, you know, I never thought I would be on a FaceTime call with Jose Cardinal, you know, (laughs) having the opportunity to make an announcement like this. So uh, that was cool. And as a a big Pearl Jam fan, this was a, I felt like this, there's some nights in life where you kind of feel like you're in like a little bit of a fever dream. Like a lot of this is like really catered to me specifically. (laughs) Um, I'm like watching the Pat stuff and then Eddie Vedder's on the Cubs Twitter. I'm like, what is going on tonight? Like, (laughs) this is great. This is great. If, so, yeah. I mean, and John Lester was just here. If, that, yeah. if he had been at the game tonight, I would have been like, all right, you I'm in the Matrix out. or something. Yeah, like, we would have sent the paramedics to your home. <laughs> <laughs> we just called, get somebody over to Corey's house immediately. Right. Right. I mean, uh, 40 seasons in baseball for Pat Hughes, 7,000 plus baseball games he has called. I mean, that think about how many baseball games that is. 
And what was the stat? Nine-time Illinois sportscaster of the year. Yeah, I mean, something like that. Yeah. And so then I started thinking as I was watching it, you know, and and then people were talking about it on Twitter and stuff afterwards. And you know, I you're not going to hear anybody say a bad thing about Pat Hughes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started thinking, all right, Cubs have had some great broadcasters, radio and television. Who is your Mount Rushmore? Of Cubs broadcasters, I mean Harry uh, well, Carey's on it for sure, right? Yeah. Jack Brickhouse I, is on it for sure. If I had to do it, I like, would say Pat Hughes is number three, which leaves number four up to a great, great debate. We talking play by play, no color, right? Oh, you can do color guys too. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Cubs broadcasters. I mean, uh, if I mean, I, you could even do end of game sideline guys if you wanted to. Luke Stuckmar. <laughs> uh, I really loved, uh, you know, Bob Brentley back in the day, like when I was a kid, but he just wasn't here for a really long time. But right. I, you know, I, 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 you know, that was, I, I also like Chip Carey. Uh, Cause when I was a, like not even 10 years old, I, 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 you know, he's who I first heard whenever I became a Cubs fan really. So, but you know, I guess, yeah, there's a big debate. I mean, Lynn Casper, I know everyone wants, wouldn't yeah. want to put him on there just because. Well, do you guys agree with Sox the three? Now, but... Do you agree with the three that I had that it's yeah. Harry Brickhouse and uh, Pat Hughes should be the first three? I'm not sure you could. I, yeah. I don't know if you could debate that, to be honest with you. Like Cody and I are in a unique spot just because we're around the same age. So, right. uh, yeah. you know, some we obviously didn't have too much experience with and. Uh, you know, like Cody, like I, I, I know, like, you know, not everybody thinks that, uh, chip carry is necessarily like the best, but you know, like that was what Cody and I were growing up right. with. Like when Sammy right. was dropping bombs onto Wayland Avenue, like, right. you know, yeah, that's track and, his, and his call, like, you know. right. And he, and the calling of the carry would strikeout 20 strikeout right. game. Like, yeah, like that, that's him. Right. And, and then what, but with, it is with Steve Lynn. Stone as well. It's Steve Stone That's as well. True. I know he's gone to the White Sox, but Steve Stone called a lot of big games. I'll, right. uh, I, know, I, I mean, I'm probably I'm not going even old enough to know Lou Boudreau and Lloyd Pettit. Like, I don't, th- there's great from the past. I Jack Kousa, Jack Kousa, Jermon, Ernie Banks calls, stuff like that. So, Brick House is easy. Harry's easy. Pat Hughes is easy. Um, Casper. Because he did, you know, like a World Series team. It hadn't happened in 108 years. Len Casper. Um, he was the longest what, of my life. What about life. Ron Santo? That yeah. would be my pick. There you go. That's I, a good I would Ron say Santo. for me the fourth guy is Ron Santo. Like, me too. Voices yeah. I associate. And if it's not Santo for me, then it is Steve Stone. Yeah. I think that, I would go Ron or uh, Len probably, but I mean, if 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 it were really up to, because like you know, Len is one too, where he just has so many calls of like yeah. the formative portion of being a fan when I wasn't listening to Pat, uh, which was rare. But you know, you think of like the Aramis Ramirez walk off against the Brewers, you know, the oh baby, right? He had a yeah. a pretty yeah, signature yeah. call, but I'm I'm going Santo just because I when I think of listening to so many of those games, I have a, a lot of things I could say about Pat and I probably will, but uh, like Ron just had a, a passion that embodied what it means yeah. to be a Cubs fan that I don't think anybody ever 
ever will or ever has kind of come close to that. When you were listening on the radio, Pat was taking care of like painting the picture and Ron was in the background letting <laughs> out your, as a fan, like yeah. innermost thoughts, right? Yeah. And feelings straight into a microphone on the radio. The, the classic, oh no, Brant yes, Brown. Right. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like everybody in the chat. Doing it. Yeah. That's what everyone in the chat said. <laughs> I mean, nothing, nothing made a long car ride somewhere easier than listening to Pat and Ron, Ron Santo. You know, like those yeah. two, just the way they played off each other, you know, like you said, uh, Pat would be painting this picturesque, you know, the sun is. He just had one the other day, Pat did. I, I was listening on the radio, and instead of saying the guy dropped, caught the fly ball, he said uh, that the Cardinals outfielder get, is underneath it and the sun is glistening off his sunglasses as he makes the catch. And you're like, it seems unnecessary sometimes, but then when you think about it, you're like, it painted a perfect picture in my mind of what he looked like instead of just, oh, yeah, a guy caught the ball. Like he he, he brought you to the field by making a comment about the sun sparkling off the sunglasses of the outfielder. And then you can almost picture Wrigley field in your mind. And instead of just simply saying he caught the ball, there's two outs. Right. Um, and, but, but he would paint that beautiful picture. And then, like you said, Ron would have just, just this belch of cub fandom inside of him that everybody reaction. wanted. It, it, it was funny. It was um, endearing. And, you know, I people that don't like that will criticize that Ron Santo was not, you know, factually into it, wasn't prepared for stuff. That wasn't his job. His, right. his job to, was to be exactly who he was. And that's what I love to see in both play-by-play -play and, and color analysts is just be who, they, be who you are. I don't need somebody to come out there and fake who they are, yeah. you know. And, and so he was exactly who he wanted to be. And it was, it was radio gold. I mean, I, I couldn't get enough of it. I, I would turn down the TV sometimes just to listen to the radio. It was that yeah. good. I admittedly, I didn't listen to the radio a lot when I was growing up. So I didn't get a lot of Ron Santo and Pat. Well, they didn't um, have television when I grew up, Cody. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like anytime I was tuning into the Cubs, it was usually at home yeah, in, right. in front of my TV. Uh, so that's why, you know, in my opinion, I you can go Lynn or 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 Chip or Ron in that last spot. I don't I, if you want to flip them out every other month or whatever. If you wanted to, I don't know. But to me, I'd probably put Lynn just because I like he is the majority of my Cubs fanhood, and uh, I know a lot of people are still salty about the White Sox thing, but I think he will he will unless unless the White Sox win start winning for the next 15 years. I think he's always going to just be remembered as the Cubs broadcaster um, and how his career got to where it's at. So, uh, and I'm okay with that. So that that's just my personal opinion, but yeah, Ron or, or chip would be fine too. Well, my question would be, you know, obviously Pat's not going to do this forever. I, I don't want to break that to Corey, uh, but <laughs> obviously he's not going to do it forever. And, it's certainly one of the reasons why, like right now, like, come on, make, put the guy in the Cubs Hall of Fame, put him in the actual Hall of Fame, put him in ba the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, but when he is finally done broadcasting for the Cubs, and that'll be a tough replacement. 
Is Len Casper the radio guy? Do you bring him back? Do you pay Len whatever it takes to leave the Sox and come back and be the radio guy? Who's your radio? If it's not Len Casper, who is the voice you would want to hear as the replacement when when Pat finally steps down? <laughs> it's not easy. Like Len, Len is an easy voice to throw out there and be like, well, you just bring Len back, but you put him on the radio side. Yeah. Um, I have an idea. Chip Carey's kids are both broadcasters in the minor leagues right now, and they do it together. Okay. How about the Carey grandkids? Great grandkids, right? How about yeah. them being the next radio voice of the Cubs? People would get on board for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's going to be – people are going to you – know, People are going to line up, and they're all—they'd all be good at it. Uh, Zach Sadman would be good at it. Andy Mazur would be good at it. Uh, Jordan Burnfield would be good at it. Like there's a there's a lot of guys that have already done it that would be that have filled in that would be good. Um, it will be interesting. It'll be interesting. That's all I'm going to say. I have no comment yeah. on this. <laughs> he can't even comment. He's, he's uh, so emotional. Lucas Lucas in the chat says Josh Carey is doing the Rocket City Trash Pandas right now. Yeah, I so. think they're. I think I saw a recent interview with Chip saying that that the two boys are doing it together. They they've asked to do it as a tandem, and their team's embracing it. <laughs> Brendan says, "Let Luke replace Pat." I mean, Luke who? you <laughs> i've never done no yeah first well, of all it's it, a joke and second of all i have never done i've never done play-by-play of any kind in my life just something i never sought out doing i guess i i take that back i i was forced to do um high school basketball state championships but i did color analyst in nebraska but that was like two years and mm. nobody was watching if Pat, never done it. if Pat sticks around, you know, for another uh, decade or two, which I certainly hope he does. <laughs> and then we replace him with you, Luke, you know, sure, you're, yeah. you know, you're already grandpa Stucky. I mean, you would be pretty, pretty up there. You think you would be up for it? No, I mean, I'm almost as old as Pat. Let's be honest. <laughs> I, that sweater that he wears, I wore that sweater in high school. I had yeah. it. I, honestly, I've had it. The sweater that he wears, I have worn a sweater very similar to that in my lifetime. Do you still have it? I could use it for. Oh Halloween. no, no, oh. definitely not. But we should all get. It, it was a our popular look. To for, wear. It was a popular look for a while. I'm going to mm-hmm. say circa eighty-seven, eighty-six. It's a it's a mid '80s look. <laughs> pre Cody and pre Corey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about that. He's been he's been with the Cubs, Pat Hughes, since 1996. Yeah, that's your whole lifetime, right? Like, you don't know another yeah. radio voice. I when I, I don't want to. <laughs> I love the chat reacting to all of our our ideas, and they're either like "no" or like "oh, I love this guy," but then like there's some of them that they're that everyone is like that like they all agree that they're either good or bad. I'm yeah. not going to say names, but yeah. right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing about, we've said that before, like, you know, about broadcasters, you never hear anybody say anything bad about Vince Scully. You don't really hear anybody say anything bad about Pat Hughes. And that is so outrageously rare in a hot button thing like broadcasters, yeah. because people 
will turn on a broadcast and within three seconds, they will love or hate that person almost instantly. Sometimes it's based on the sound of the voice, the first thing they said. Sometimes it's how they look or who they're working with or who they're replacing. It can, it's just crazy. I think it's a, you know, and like I had a lot of really good responses to a thread that I put on Twitter and I just, you know, think it's a testament to who Pat is and the job that he does that, you know, so many yeah. people related to it. They had similar stories, um, similar sentiments. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, for someone to do it as long as he has and have that reputation, I, I think it, you know, you're right, Luke, like even now, like, you know, we get comments all the time about, um, you know, the Sunday night broadcasts, even the marquee broadcast, people have very strong opinions on, but you just never come across somebody that has a bad thing to say about Pat. And I would think that they were lying uh, if they did, you know, especially about, I obviously, I don't know him in person, but uh, about his, his broadcasting and the way that he broadcasts and um, his style and the way he keeps you informed with the game, et cetera, et cetera. Like I, you just don't hear anybody say a bad thing about that. Um, you know, I, I don't have a ton of like behind the scenes stories of Pat Hughes, but I always enjoyed going into that little lunch room they had, the media room, uh, off to the side of the press box. And he would always sit with Greg, um, and they would, they would talk about trivia. They would have these trivia contests and as great as he is at broadcasting, and Peter Chase, the former uh, media relations head of the Cubs, was hardcore for night games, was hardcore into Wheel of Fortune. And so Wheel of Fortune would come on at like whatever time it is, six o'clock before seven o'clock game. And if you knew that whatever that time was, was, I would love to come in there and see Pat Hughes make sure that he found Peter Chase because it was a nightly competition for who could get the puzzles faster while they were eating dinner. And uh, I do remember that I got it once. I came through, I saw it, I yelled it out, and they were furious that I yelled out the answer. But he's as great a broadcaster as he is. He's just as smart with stuff like Wheel of Fortune, you I know? Believe it. And, and just a super nice guy, a super nice man. <laughs> so, I believe I mean, it. Well, I'm, I'm glad that he, I'm glad they did it that way. You know, we were talking about how, you know, everyone was kind of very confused when it started. Um, and I, I can't remember who said it in the chat, but they, they were right. It did remind me a lot of uh, the announcement that they did in 2003 with Ron Sano, where they, you know, had it over the PA and you got to see on TV the live reaction to Ron, like kind of looking around like, what? Like they're talking about me right now? Um, right. I, I was glad that they did that. The reaction, you know, and they posted this on Twitter and obviously showed it on TV, but like Pat's face when he sort of realized what was going on and that he had been uh, bamboozled a little bit by Crane <laughs> Kenny. I I'm glad that they did it like that, that there's a lot of ways to do stuff like that. But I think to be able to see his reaction like that, um, he's, uh, you know, even when, you know, we were getting some of the quotes or video from Ryan as all this stuff was happening, he's so like humble and, and, and gracious, like that he manages to spin all of the answers into talking about somebody else. 
right? Yeah. Like he immediately started talking. I know Ryan, you know, had a, a clip of him talking about his first broadcast with Harry Carey and stuff like that. Like even when the attention is about him and the honor is about him, he immediately kind of pivots it away from himself and kind of gives credit to those who came before him or inspired him or something like that. But I'm, I'm, I'm just really glad that we were able to see that moment um, and, and see just a, a little bit of, you know, kind of that emotion and, um, you know, pride, uh, you know, live on TV and, and kind of get to see that uh, for once. Think of 7,000 games, how many hours of baseball that is in just live content that's going out over the airwaves on WGN and and television sometimes and, and how long nowadays it would be so easy to be in that amount of time. Like how many times would you end up as just a blooper viral across the internet? Like he doesn't screw up very often. Like, you know, his, his account of what's going on is so factual and so descriptive that he just doesn't miss anything. And, you know, his, his stories are sometimes repeated, but I don't care how many times you hear him tell a story uh, whether it was at Ron Santos' funeral or in a broadcast, or th- they're always heartwarming. You know, he's always got the right story for the right time. And yeah. he has a great sense of timing, comedic timing for pausing at the right time, quickly saying one word, which is so underrated. You know, like he's he has a dry sense of humor. But like the White Claw ads, he, he can't even help himself. You know, like he—he's so talent. He's so talented. Really, he should be in the in Cooperstown, not just in the Cubs Hall of Fame. Well, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite call? I mean, obviously, winning the World Series is the one everybody's going to remember. I mean, beating the Dodgers to go to the World Series is probably number two. Is there is there another one where you can just think of something special uh, or I know. a special moment for you? I know me and Corey are, are on the same here. We're, we already we're, jinxed we're, on we're this. Shake, yeah, we're already, we already shook hands on it. It was uh, that the last out against the Cardinals in 2015 NLDS. And he's yeah. like, what did he say, Corey? He's, uh, I, I, I wish, wish you could all, all could be, be right here. here at this moment. Yeah. yeah Unbelievable atmosphere. Like I, I actually was listening to that game on the radio that day. I was, I was just entering the media industry. I was working this really shitty job. And I was at some like public forum spot supposed to be covering like some community bullshit. I don't even know what it was at this now that it's been seven years, Luke. And I had one headphone in because like I wasn't missing this. I, there was no way I was missing this. So I was listening to the Cubs and the Cardinals game four, game five, whatever it was, NLDS 2015. Yeah. And I remember sitting there and like I couldn't like visibly react to whenever they won that game, but I was so happy. And because I couldn't like do anything, that was like the first time I think like like the Cubs made me cry a little because I was just so happy, but I couldn't do anything. I had to sit there and just like act like everything is normal, even though like I am just insanely happy and i and i didn't know what to do with myself 
And so that's why that that call that he had in that moment is like my favorite. So that that one to me, you know, is is my choice uh, because I think it is emblematic of exactly why Pat is so so great, uh, why he's one of the best of all time, and why I I love him so much, and why he's been so important to me. Um, you know, it's it's a longer call than that, but like setting up that that last out with Hector Rondon on the mound and um, just building that moment. But when he says like, I, I wish you all could be here right at this moment, like part of what I really love about Pat is that I I believe he really means that when he says stuff like that, like the way he broadcasts and Luke, you were kind of talking about this, like he, he just makes you feel like you are a part of something that I think we all know and feel as Cubs fans, you know, this, this greater sense of community and people who understand a particular culture and what it means to go to Wrigley field. And, you know, if you sit in the bleachers, what it means to do that and, and have it run through generations of your family. Like I think that Pat embodies all of that when he's calling these games and he makes you feel like it's a, a family member talking to you on the radio and and bringing you in so like artfully and vividly into these specific moments that you know like Cody's describing like sometimes you're not able to see but you feel them like so deeply in your soul right and like there's just Absolutely. nobody better than Pat to put a voice to that and, and put words to that and, and make you really feel that whether you're watching the game, whether you're listening to the game and, you know, whether you're thousands of miles away from Chicago in a different time zone or whatever, like Pat is the best at making you feel like you are there and you're together with all of these people that are experiencing this same thing as you are. Uh, Lucas has a, a great comment. He says, Pat Hughes broadcasts like Bob Ross painted trees, right? Hell I mean, yeah. and it's yeah. the same. Um, Pat doesn't have some canned broadcasting voice. He's just speaking the way he speaks. And, and like, same as Vin, same as Vin Scully in that, like, it doesn't have to be the perfect broadcasting voice. There's something welcoming about it that he, the way he presents everything that you do feel like you're part of what he is not only witnessing you, he, he brings you to that location, whether you're there or not. Like obviously some people sit in the stands and still put the earbuds in and listen to him in the stands. I don't know if Corey is one of those people, but I, I, <laughs> I have they're before. out there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Cody. I mean, you were, you know, you posted the other day about, you know, going, uh, to sporting events by yourself and stuff like that. And, you know, feeling more comfortable and doing that. Like I've yeah. done that a lot and I'll tell you, I, I, you know, this is like, you know, very like cliche or whatever, I guess, but you know, I'm here for it. Like you go to the Wrigley field by yourself, you throw in the AM radio uh, on 670 and you don't really feel alone. Right. Like that's, what's so great about him is you feel like you're there with somebody, but you're not right but you feel like you're listening to a friend or you're talking to a friend and him and Ron are goofing around, like they're laughing and you know doing their thing. Right. Like you feel like you're there with, uh, you know, buddies or family. It's, it's, it's a great way to experiencing a, a game at, at Wrigley field, but you have to have the AM radio, right? Cause the MLB app is too slow. So yeah. they're, the radio is too far behind. So you have to have like an old school AM radio. So that's the way to do it though. That's where I come in handy, the old school radios. Um, 
Oh, and a huge congratulations to Pat Hughes. We have to see if we can get him on the podcast, especially this offseason. Right? He'd, he'd be a fun guy to have uh, calling. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on that and see if we can yeah. get uh, the great work Pat that, Work that magic, that. Stucky, because I don't got that. <laughs> I, I, I'm i pretty confident we can get him on the podcast. We'll, we'll see okay. if we I mean, Maybe we'll try and do it before the end of the season, but he's busy now. We'll see if maybe the offseason. If, if not, let's, we'll at least try the offseason. Um, I promise that. Uh, Cody, what did you bet on tonight? Okay, so like I had hit parlay tonight, and I don't know if the other two legs hit, but I knew it was immediate. I knew it was immediately dead the moment Nolan Arenado got kicked out of the game because he was in the hit parlay, and oh. he already had two at bats, and he didn't have a hit. So I was like, all right, well, at least I tried. But it was like one of those like it was great. Like, it was a great moment, but I was also like, well, I just lost money. But it is what it is. Anyway, made the bet on points bet. Points bet sportsbook, my favorite app. I wake up every day and and roll over and 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 look at what's going on in the world of sports. Points bet sportsbook is counting down the days until football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off. From now until September eighth, points bet power hour will unlock a new daily offer from twelve to one p.m. Central Standard Time. Sign up for points bet now using code CHGO to also get. Risk-free bets up to $2,000. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But that's not it. If you make a $51 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Download the PointsBet app today and use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited time offer, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Also, the CHGO locker is 25% off, so you can get that, get use that offer, get a free shirt, and then get another one for half the price or a fourth of the price, whatever. Am I, am I mathing correctly there? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Whatever. Close. Something. Yeah. I don't math, <laughs> math. either, so yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing constant about this podcast. Me and Luke don't math. <laughs> um, hey, Chicago sports fans, you know what I want to tell you about? Your home for the best Chicago sports coverage is partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. CHGO has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around, whether it's Bears, Cubs, Sox, Blackhawks, Bulls. FOCO has something for you, your kid, a friend, a loved one, anybody looking to get some new gear, collectibles, or accessories. FOCO has officially licensed gear for men, women, kids, everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. FOCO has you covered in the best Chicago sports merchandise from your favorite team. Head to FOCO.com. Check out the link below in the YouTube description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO, and you will get 10% off. So if you're trying to buy some Crocs, <laughs> That's the way to go, Cody. I keep telling you, Crocs I'm not, are making a comeback. It, it, kids are not, going crazy with the Crocs. It ain't making a comeback, Luke. It ain't no. I'm telling you, I know for a fact Crocs are making a comeback. They're not in my house, but they're making a comeback. Um, <laughs> all right. So also today, hey, uh, our good friend Ryan yeah. Herrera is waiting for us. Oh, he's ready. He's right here. I I don't know when Joey's gonna let him in. Bring there him in. Is. Hello. Bring him in. We call How's him Wrigley Field. He sleeps there now. Yeah, basically. I'm here all the time, right? <laughs> uh, What's up, we guys? Just, we were just waxing poetic about Pat Hughes. Um, yeah, I heard, I heard the end of that a little bit. So I know. Uh, he was 
you heard uh, you were there when he was kind of talking in in the um in the press box right like he was he was kind of surprised by it wasn't he yeah i mean he said that uh yeah we were he was just kind of in the back of the dining room um he said that like he always like that he thought about it um but that it wasn't like something he ever like dwelled on because uh, i think he said some something like you know these kind of things are, are lofty goals so it's like if it happens that's amazing but if it i mean it's, it's not something you can like keep worrying about or keep thinking about like, i think that i mean pat seems like the, hum, the most humble person in the world so i don't think he ever like was like yeah i knew it was gonna happen but i mean you had to know it was gonna happen at some point like it's pat hughes is right. the, the voice of cubs baseball like everyone knew if, if pat didn't know it he'd be the only person that's ever listened or followed the cubs at all to know to not know that uh but no he uh he yeah you know, he's obviously very appreciative i know he talked um you know he he mentioned um wishing ron santo was was here to see that uh, i know he mentioned his parents as well um you know, talked about his time with with obviously ron santo uh when, when, when they were calling games together, uh, mentioned his first year, uh, Harry Carey kind of joined them in the booth when um, when WGN wasn't doing radio or uh, TV, um, if like a national game, if it was a national game, and so like ESPN, or I don't even know who, who was doing <laughs> games back in 90, what was his first year? 96, 96. right? 96, yeah. I don't know who was who would have been doing games in 96, but um, you know, when I, if, if the Cubs weren't on WGN and Harry Carey would join him and, and he would join them in the booth. And he was, he talked about that, like how he felt kind of awestruck in that sense. Um, and now he, he's like, um, you know, he, yeah, he talked about that. He talked about working with, with, with Ron Coomer, Zach Saban, all those guys, and just obviously very appreciative of what um, this moment like means. He's kind of like, I think he said it was, his quote was, I, I thought about, you know, how did I get here? Like he thought about that way back when he was sitting next to Harry Carey and Ron Santo. And then, you know, 27 years later, he's thinking about that now. Um, I mean, it's really cool. It was a really cool thing. I, I we couldn't hear it. Like, I don't, we, we, I don't know how many people were paying attention. Um, but then I saw, I saw maybe like someone tweeted, Corey might've tweeted it or something. And then like 30 seconds later, Nolan Arenado starts blowing up at the umpire and gets cut, gets, gets, it's taken out. And then I, I asked, I asked Pat and I'm like, how did that kind of snap you back into the role? Like you're, you're appreciating this whole moment. So, you know, I don't know what to say. All of a sudden you see something that you give your, you know, you wax poetic on on the radio. And he's like, no, it's, it, it was like, I was kind of happy to see, it gave us more of a chance to win is what Pat is the nicest person ever. And um, definitely well-deserved again, like, Everyone knew this should happen. Everyone knew it was going to happen. So, I mean, definitely a good moment for for good old Pat Hughes. Um, yeah, legend. Le- legend in the press box right over there. So, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty cool day. As Cody sure. said, it added to one of the better nights of the season uh, for Cubs baseball for, for many reasons. I uh, wanted to get you guys – I wanted to see what your take was on the, on the new balance schedule. You know, they kind of put out mm-hmm. the – Cubs released that tentative schedule for 2023. Um, they opened the season March 30th at Wrigley against the Brewers. So for the third time in four years, they start the season with the Brewers at Wrigley. Um, interleague versus every team now, right? And so it's only 13 games against the division instead of 19, I believe. Yes. Is the yes. number. Yes. But so – I, I saw a lot of stuff on there that I was like, okay, cool matchup. They, they go play the Yankees. 
London, come on, let's go. CHGO, 24th, 25th of June. Like, we need to be there. Absolutely. Cardinals, right? Someone tell, uh, someone tell Jake. We need the to be two there. Jake, theory, Kevin. Right? Yeah. I, yeah. Lo- I, love all, I love all of that stuff. I'll tell you what I don't like about it. They even play the Red Sox again next year, too. What's that? They even have the Red Sox again That's next right. year, too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. there's some big road trips. Uh, Ryan, you got some real good road trips to push right. for. It's, and it uh, doesn't have to be Iowa this year. Yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you year. what What I don't like about it is a lot of the road series they had this year, they didn't they didn't change them up. So the Red Sox are coming back here. The Yank- They're going to play the Yankees in New York. They're going to play Tor- Toronto in Toronto. Like it's – I mean, how cool a little bit – next year they're still not getting Rizzo and Javi's returns yeah. to Wrigley. Like the, they're playing in New York again, so they're – yeah, and barring Rizzo opting out and and going to some other team to play at home next year, he's not coming back next year. They play Detroit in Detroit. Javi's not coming out. And this, I don't know. I I, I don't think they maybe spins I, I like maybe, maybe, maybe it's supposed to be that way. Maybe it's just supposed to be that way. Like no, is, I think it'd be is, cool. I I don't. Know. I thought you were gonna say World Series. That's what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> I, no, I I mean I, I get where I get everyone's thought on that. Like yeah, you want to see them. You want to see them come and like give the standing ovation and all that. But it's also like I also don't want to see them play at Wrigley Field not in a Cubs uniform. So Cody doesn't know. want to be emotionally attacked. Yeah, I, anymore. I, dis- I disagree. I I think it'd be really cool. Like you saw with Chris Bryant when he came back, I mean, his is only what, six weeks after he got traded. Like that was pretty emotional. And, and I mean, it was, it was a big day kind of at that point in the season. I mean, I think having, having Rizzo and, and Javi coming back next year would have been really cool. But I mean, it seems like they would be coming back in 2024. Um, that's a whole nother year away. I thought, I, I think both those two returning is, um, I don't know. I think that would have been a cool thing to happen next year. Well, Luke, here's, I thought you had uh, a good take on on Twitter, and that was kind of the oh, the yeah. first thing that I noticed when I read it. Like, I, I I'm sure there's logistics that I don't understand and that can't be worked around, right? But that first month of April has like five <laughs> series March that we're gonna March sit and April, right? Oh, yeah. That we're I gonna mean, sit in a forty degree Wrigley Field with rain and maybe even snow, right? And then we're going to be, the Cubs are going to be in sunny California and Texas in, you know, I think later in the month in some cases or later in the season. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. The Dodgers coming to Wrigley Field in Um, April is insane. Completely insane. I agree. Yeah. Shane, Shane said it on the chat too. He's like, you know, season ticket holders get hosed that first month with all those home games. It's like, you don't want to if you have a season ticket package. You don't want half the games to be in like March and April because. And by the way, it, the one thing I don't like about the balanced schedule is that it is going to be way more difficult to make up games because you're flying all over the country now, and it's going to be beneficial to the Cubs being centrally located in the country as opposed to the West and East coast teams that are going to have to be flying cross country back and forth. At least the Cubs are in the middle of the country, but makeup games will be much more difficult. So there's probably going to be more double headers. Teams will just have to force a double header right away, like the next day to get it played so that they don't have to try and make up and fly across the country to go for one day, go play the giants. And then, you know, 
that part of it's a little goofy. But when I saw that schedule and I looked at it, I was like, all right, April and March, they're playing Milwaukee, who has a dome, Texas at Wrigley, Seattle at Wrigley, the Dodgers at Wrigley, and the Padres at Wrigley. I understand that this is done by a computer now and not by human beings. Like if they just throw in a computer program and the, the computer spits it out, that program, whatever it is, should be broken into a thousand pieces because <laughs> there's no way this is the best scenario yeah. for Cubs fans. Like it, it just is not, I know every team's going to get screwed yeah. here or there, but that makes no sense. April playing five series against teams that basically could be playing in 75 degrees at all times. Well, don't they also end the season with like a bunch of road games? Isn't it like 13 of the last however many games are all on the road? Why don't they just flip that? Yeah, I agree. Because yeah. I don't want to be sitting here. It's going to be March 30th. You know how it's going to be like 30 degrees. Maybe that's good for home field advantage for the Cubs or something because all these other, they don't, I don't know, Milwaukee plays in a dome. Uh, they don't, I don't know, whatever. Sayer doesn't like, like the cold, you know. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a brutal month, Luke. Because yeah, like you said, there's a lot of warm weather or dome teams that they could have played somewhere else in warmer weather and better conditions. We're gonna be sitting here. It's gonna be 30 degrees. It's gonna be raining a bunch of those days. It might snow, and and it's gonna be a bad month. I can already, I can already see it. I foresee yeah. this happening. And and Michael, I disagree with you. I, I love Michael Collada, but. And he's really funny sometimes, but I, it's not poor millionaires. It's the poor fans that buy the season tickets and have had them for decades and have to go waste their money and sit there in 33 degrees and mist to watch a baseball game when they could just be seeing it in the middle of the season. I well, and all, I think it's also, you know, I don't think that's good for the league as well. Like you have so many games that get rained out and yeah. you're dealing with rain delays and things like that. Like, yeah, definitely. Like, at, you know, as a season ticket holder, like that's annoying, right? Like I would rather they be playing in sunny California in April, like, and leave me alone. Like I don't need to deal with it, but like, I just don't think it's good for the league either. Rainouts aren't good. Rescheduling games aren't good. I, I don't think double headers where some of the games, if they're on the, you know, East coast, they start at 1130 or things like that. You know, sometimes when they're in Pittsburgh, like, I don't think that's good for anybody. So like, that that's you know another part of the issue is i just you know the season is so long like you go through a whole month where like every other day maybe they're in a rain delay like who is that good yeah. for you know yeah joel joel doesn't want Corey. joel um is mad that you have to suffer and sit in the cold to eat a hot dog it's blasphemy <laughs> yeah you yeah. shouldn't have to eat one a, a hot dog in 40 degree weather that's and the rain dog would the, be bun, cold. the bun could get damp i mean there's yeah. so many different things you have to i do i do like the general idea of the schedule though because like i, I yeah, think the right you know too. the the point is like you know the cubs see depending on how it works out they see like someone like mike trout what like once every mm -hmm. three years and yeah. he comes to wrigley once every six years if that was how they were still doing that yeah. so I, I i do kind of like that and i think with how they're doing the wild cards and stuff like that i think it's probably maybe more <laughs> equitable that like you're not just playing the same division because like if you're competing for a wild card you'd look at like the nl central and think boy i'd like to play those teams 19 <laughs> games a year right yeah. but it does you know i i think luke's point I'm, I'm curious to see how messy this gets when you have 
rainouts and things like that. And you have to go all over the country, division yeah. to division, and try to figure out how to make that up. It does seem like there there might be some issues there. Yeah. yeah. I always go ahead, Ryan. I was gonna say I always kind of like looked at it as like college football, especially like some of the bigger conferences as like a lot of those guys, like players that go for four years, they might not play in a team the entire time they're there. They definitely won't go to a, a few of the a few away game, uh, a few of the other stadiums in some of those conferences while they're still in college. Like it's just like there has to be a way to be able to get these players and at Wrigley Field or or get them on. You know, have people have Cubs fans be able to watch the Cubs play Shohei Otani or Mike Trout once a year. Like that's that's I think that's good for the game. It's good for just it's good for making this more, less of a regional sport. Uh, it's good for making it. I mean, it is a national pastime, but you know, it's it feels a lot more regional than if you look at like the NFL. I think this this again, yeah, logistic wise is going to be a lot more difficult because you are playing more out of division games. But I, I think it for the I think it, I think it's better for the game. I think it helps the casual fan or the fan that doesn't see the Cubs ever get you know get more opportunities to see the Cubs you know at, one, at least once a year. I think that's that's a cool thing to to help out just fans of baseball. I mean, you guys know I'm old school. I, I, I don't need to see Cubs, Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers, Cubs, Pirates, Cubs, Reds 19 times a season. I don't. Right. I would rather see them play three games against the Yankees. And and personally, four games against the White Sox, two on each side, is the right amount for me. Like, don't water it down so much that it's not, it's not fun. If the two teams are good, it'll be great. So I – I get the idea of doing it. I just think whatever program they're using, the problem I always have with the schedule is that first month of the season. It just doesn't seem to make sense. And I know you can't just have no home games at Wrigley Field because then it becomes unbalanced that way. But it makes no sense to have five series against teams that can be playing in 80-degree weather. Like almost every home series is against a warm weather or dome team in the month of April and March. So that part of it I think is stupid. Um, Cody, I guess I'm, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that I'm pretty like, whatever about it, like the (laughs) April schedule, like, like, first off, I guess I'm not worried. Like I feel in a way I feel bad for Ryan. Like he's going to be at the ballpark, but like, I'm going to watch it at the studio with Luke. I feel bad for me too. I mean, like to me (laughs) and like, so so I'm, I'm definitely being like, we're asking our opinion here, right? Like I'm definitely yeah. being a little selfish about it. Like, yeah. Yes, like do I agree that yes, they shouldn't be playing the Dodgers in April when they could go play in LA or play somewhere else that's warm. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I guess I'm just not, I, I'm just not like, like bent over about it. I'm just like, whatever, like, let's just, let's, 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 let's see how it goes. Like I, I'm with you guys in terms of like being able to play other teams Personally, I like when the Cubs play the Cardinals 19 times a year just because, like, that rivalry, like, runs my life. But, like, not everyone is me and crazy and, like, a little psycho when it comes to certain guys. But, you know, like, it is what it is. But I am excited to see, like, I know that I, I personally think the Cubs and the Red Sox should be playing every single year. I think that should be, like, a traditional yeah. thing. So I am happy to see that they're playing the Red Sox again next year. Um, I wish the Yankees were going to come here if if we were going to have to play them again, only because the Cubs, I don't think, have actually won at New Yankee Stadium yet. And that ballpark has been open for like a decade. So um, I don't look forward to that series. But, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm, uh, I'm just I'm kind of I'm I'm I'm. 
I'm intrigued to see how it works out, and I look forward to Luke's weather predictions next April. <laughs> uh, hey, do you have a points bet pick of the week for us, by the way? Oh, yeah. Right now, we're taking UConn to cover 27.5 on Saturday against Utah State. That's that's what we're doing. I like it. UConn went 1-11 last year. That's why they're 27.5-point fa- uh, dogs. Uh, but and, and Utah State was pretty good. But uh, it is week zero in college football, Luke. And you know how you know how these things go at the beginning of the year, unless you're like Alabama or something like that. Teams aren't like at their peak form yeah. in the first week of the year. So I and feel a lot like twenty matchups too. Usually, yeah. I just feel like twenty-seven and a half is a big number for week zero for a team like Utah State. So. I like UConn to cover 27 and a half. That is a lot of points. That is a lot of points. Yeah. That said, I know nothing about each team, but that's how, that's what it is. That's what it has to do. That's how I gamble on teenagers slinging the pigskin, baby. That's how we do it. So, uh, bet responsibly. (laughs) Uh, should we get rid of, uh, who you got? You know, I get rid of. Well, we, we should just take care of it real quick. I mean, Ryan's yeah. guy, Ryan's guy certainly had, had the best game in, in Nico Horner. I, I did say that I, you know, I, I felt like we should give an honorary nod to Pat Hughes. But if Ryan doesn't want to give Pat Hughes the nod on his big day, that's and you want to be greedy and take the who you got. Here, here, here's here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Pat Hughes isn't he Pat Hughes isn't playing who you got. He is a pickable person for who you got. So if you would have picked Pat Hughes, you would have easily won. But you didn't. You picked I forgot who you picked, but they didn't match up to Nico Horner's three hit one RBI game. You should have picked Pat Hughes, Luke. You should have done it. I, I had half listen, if Pat me. Hughes is playing uh Wheel of Fortune in the, in the press box, who's to say he's not playing who you got? He's competitive. He's competitive. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we can get him on if we get him on the show, we can get him to make a who you got pick. You don't you don't do twenty you don't do twenty seven years of Cubs baseball without being a little competitive. A little competitive. For sure. All right. All right. We'll give Ryan the point. Uh he earned it tonight. Uh was it twenty twenty one to seventeen to fifteen to one to one to one to one to zero to zero. I think that's what it is in my head. Yeah, something like and that. Corey, you didn't oh. pick anyone tonight because we didn't, you know, we didn't know the Hughes thing was gonna happen. And I was just like, Hey, do you want to jump on? Right. I I would not have won though. Historically we can feel safe in that I would have picked I think uh Franmill had a couple strikeouts. I, I that's probably what I would have done and just would have lost anyway. So what do you think of uh so now this series, uh before we wrap this up, the series goes game five. This is the game five. This is the postseason game five, Cubs Cardinals, and you got Strowman on the mound. Treat this day game like a playoff game. Mentally, just prepare yourself and say this is this is their game five in the postseason. Why not? Listen, like we've go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. Then uh, this is quick. I'm going to say then Cody and Corey like that run that run the risk of them getting really upset if they don't win tomorrow. Like, (laughs) 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 I was just going to say that you know we've said it at least fifteen to twenty times over the course of the series that. 
the Cardinals came into the series like the hottest team in baseball, the hottest offense in baseball. And at one point they had only scored one run in what, 24 innings or something combined. And they were lucky enough to win one of those games that happened during that span. Like I'm already kind of content with how the Cubs have played this series. So I am going into tomorrow with like a play with, we're playing with house money type feel. Like I know the Cardinals are kind of, pretty solidified at the top of the central, but they do know they need to keep winning games in terms of playoff, uh, you know, seating. And, you know, I, the Brewers could magically get hot. I don't see it. Cause I think they're frauds. I've been saying it all season, but uh, I don't know. I just don't feel like there's a lot of pressure on the Cubs to do much tomorrow. And, and there isn't because it's August and they're out of it. But I have always believed that no matter how good or bad the Cubs are or the Cardinals, like, these games mean something to those players. So I, there is a little bit of pressure on both sides, I think. So uh, because of that and the, being a rivalry and I'm still waiting for the Cardinals to retaliate on the Cubs from last night. So like I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued, but I am looking forward to Marcus Stroman shoving like he did at at Bush stadium. And I know that like a, a lot of Cardinal fans don't like him because he didn't go there and you know how how heavy he is on social media. He reads that shit. So I'm I'm looking forward to like his own little revenge type game uh, tomorrow at beautiful historic Wrigley Field. I just keep I keep thinking, you know, the Cubs are in this streak of winning series, and uh, you know, have a chance to keep that going tomorrow. And I I keep thinking about um, I think it was last week when Nico was talking about you know, wanting this team to play well um, and kind of use it as somewhat of a showcase for next year and, and anybody in the off season that's thinking about coming here and stuff. And they've just been playing well, right? Like, as as I said earlier, like we've had some real valleys in this season, right? We've had some really long losing streaks and periods where we were, you know, kind of like taken aback at like how bad the brand of baseball they were playing was. But this this last stretch and really like, you know, generally like post all-star break, their pitching staff has been great. I think the starting rotation has the second best ERA in baseball, um, you know, over the last stretch of, you know, a couple months. And I, I think about those Nico quotes and and how important it is to so many of these young guys, Morel, Velasquez, et cetera, you know, these guys getting an opportunity for this team to play well and and sort of go into next year in this off season with a little bit of momentum. And I think uh, Stroh is, is the perfect guy for this game. You know, his, his quotes, I know over the weekend, you know, talking about pitching at Wrigley field and the environment and all of that. Like, I think if you could hook an IV directly to Cody and I's veins, like that would be the liquid we were putting in there. Right. And, you know, you get him in, like, I don't think Stroh cares that, that this team is out of it and that this doesn't mean anything for the division. Like they got a chance to win this series and beat the Cardinals and continue these kind of good vibes that they have. And I, I, he's definitely the guy you want on the bump to do that. Yeah. All right. We got to get some sleep. Uh, Corey can now go dream about Pat Hughes calls (laughs) and like throughout the evening and Ryan can finally leave that damn press box. So that's it. Tomorrow tomorrow morning. Anyway, that's right. We back there and we'll have post game fort. Corey and Brendan, of course, after we'll have the Cody and Ryan and I will do the post game podcast. And then after that, probably Friday morning, I guess. Yep. Is the Corey and Brendan Cubs related podcast will come out recapping the whole series. So it's going to be fun. Game five coming up. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Uh, I got two updates, Luke. 
Oh, go, go. First off, Mash Mervis, Matt Mervis, yeah. three for three today in Iowa, was on Boom. marquee. I watched it a little bit, not all of it, but a little bit. And uh, I'm in. The guy matches. Not that I wasn't in, but I'm definitely really in now. Uh, and also, once again, Yadi Molina is hitting 172 <laughs> uh, against the Cubs since he blocked me on Instagram because he's a soft, overrated baseball player. Good night. Hey, at least he bothered to show up for this series. That was and nice of him. Congrats to know? him. He showed up for his team. Congrats he didn't have something him. better to do. Also, I'm getting murdered by Cardinal fans on TikTok. You should go follow <laughs> me and like go fight the war with me because they don't like they don't like me over there. So rally around Cody. Thanks for checking <laughs> out the CHGO Cubs post-game show podcast presented by Points Bet. We will see you on Thursday. Until then, fly the W and Cody. Boom, 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 boom.